Alagedia. Hi, I'm Angus Magruther. Welcome to episode three of Auslander. Conversations with creative Australians living in Berlin. Today we have Damien Warren-Smith, a comedian, actor, improv performer, and a spin cycle teacher. So Damien had been in Berlin uh, for about a year and a half, right? Yeah. And I met him through a mutual friend who was working at a cafe at a spin cycle uh, gym, yeah. which he was working at. And uh, I was told I have to go see his, um, his show at the comedy club in Berlin. And that's where I first met him. And also his classes, his spin classes were also um, a, f- a source of entertainment for yeah. the participants. So he was he was this really creative um, t- t- spin teacher. And the reason why we're talking in the past tense... I was just about to say, <laughs> is because he's no longer in Berlin. He has just relocated back to the UK, where he's pursuing more of his um, acting and uh, theatre stuff. Um, but we really wanted to get him on the podcast before he left because he's done some really fantastic work in the short time that he was in Berlin. Yeah, so um, when you listen to the episode, a lot of the the events and um, performances that he's talking about have unfortunately, um, they're, they're no longer valid because they were for well, July. The, the, Edinburgh, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, which is happening which happened in August, but I know he's coming back in November to do some more shows in Berlin. So um, if you're listening to this and it is not yet November, you can look forward to that. Um, <laughs> we'll, yeah. put all, we'll put his website and his links um, below this podcast and check him out. Yeah. All right. Here's Damien Warren-Smith. So today we're talking to Damien Warren-Smith, a Scottish-born Aussie-raised clown and performer. And how long have you been in Berlin? Berlin, I've been here about a year and a half. A year and a half? Yeah. And you just recently did a stage play called Hamlet. Can you tell us a bit about that? I did, yeah. So uh, it's myself and, um, and two women who I met through the improv scene here, um, one of which trained as a clown and one of which trained as, a, as, as an actor. Um, and... Uh, and then I, and I'd recently taken myself off to clown school as well. So I was an actor for like 10 years in London. Mm-hmm. And then I went off to study in, in Paris with a guy called Philippe Collier. And so I was really interested in, in trying to make a, um, a, a, a clown version of a, contempor- of a, of a classical text. Mm-hmm. So and I, I played Hamlet years and years ago and I really loved it. So I know the play quite well. And so the three of us got together and, and then sort of attacked it. You know, how would, how would three idiots perform Hamlet. <laughs> so we came up with the idea that uh, we would let the audience. We also we, we arrive on the day, and the three of us want to play Hamlet, uh, and so we let the audience choose who plays Hamlet. Oh, okay. So it's quite interactive. It's very interactive. Uh, and then as we got, we had about six weeks rehearsal, and as we got about three weeks in, we realised that the what we had taken was massive, and so <laughs> we came up with a version which kind of geared the audience towards choosing one person. One, one ever and uh, and so that was the version we ran with otherwise we'd have to make three entire versions of the show I was just about show. to say you'd have to be very flexible really in flexible. that moment yeah uh, and the show went really well and the audience did choose Ella every night <laughs> and now we're going to come back again in November because I'm, I'm moving back to London we're going to come back in November we've give, been given two weeks rehearsal space here um, and we're going to re rework it and find a way that we can make three versions so now we oh, okay. now we want it to be truly um, 
uh, I guess dangerous is the word. So I'm, it's kind of like choose your own adventure, but you you guys will be prepared this time to yes t- for whatever the audience chooses. Yeah. And so That's it may awesome. be that um, the the version we've created with the various scenes, we will just swap characters. Mm-hmm. But the, the one of the wonderful thing with Clown is that if you find something that works in rehearsal, it's your pleasure doing that one thing. Whether yeah. it's something really stupid that works. So to just swap someone else into it doesn't work. In acting, that, that can work. You can yeah. substitute an actor for another actor and they try and find something. But when it comes to essentially what we've done is small little clowny scenes. Um, yeah, and then we're like, okay, let's swap it around. And the other person's like, I have no pleasure doing this. So are you saying clowning is extremely different to acting? I, I think it's, it's the anti-acting. Is that so? Yeah. As an actor, how, how, can you explain that to me? Yeah, well, I mean, I, people say, why did I go to, to clown school? And I said I wanted to stop acting. And it was really interesting mm. because for me, it, it, the people who I saw struggling clown were actors. People who came from a background as a, as a teacher, this is a guy, Ollie, who was a history teacher, and he was hilarious. Um, and I think actors really struggle to, to stop acting. And clown is really just about being you and being the, you know, the, the most childlike and idiotic version of yourself. Right. And because we've learned to impose things, to put things on, to put on masks, hmm. so to speak, it's really difficult for us to to, to actually just be there and, and be innocent. It's quite exposing, isn't it? Very as, as an actor, I, I find clowning terrifying. <laughs> so, um, That's why I, I did it. Yeah, I, I think it's really brave. And I do think it is very, very different to yeah. acting um, simply because you are stripping down the layers of yourself. Yeah. So... And you enjoy it. I love it. But because it was so challenging. Right. Like I, I, I always do that in my life. You're I'm a sucker like for a, pain. Yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Someone described it as, um, there's a guy called Jeff Crabtree, who's Australian actually. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah I know. That thing. And he talked about um, <clears throat> us being uh, compulsive nonconformists. Exactly. And, and there's really something about clown that was like, yes, because a clown, you put a clown on a stage and, you, and the director's there saying, you know, can you do this? Hmm. The clown's going to do the exact opposite. The clown's <laughs> going to be like, rebel. Yeah, don't look at the audience. The clown will look at the audience. The clown spends the whole time looking at the audience. Yeah. Everything that is there is there. You can't have a clown on stage and say there's a fourth wall. Yeah, that's it. right. That's that's the difference, isn't yeah. it, that there is no fourth wall? Absolutely not. So you mentioned that you're leaving Ber- Berlin. But before mm-hmm. I talk about that, tell me why you came to Berlin in the first place and where were you before? So in I was Paris? in London. Oh, I was in London, London for 10 years um, and then I uh, was, in a, was in a marriage and that ended so I thought mm-hmm. well, I don't have to stay here anymore. <laughs> so I went to Paris yeah. and, uh, and I did uh, a term at this clown school and then I took a theatre job and went away on tour for a while, went back and did some more clown and then I moved back to London and realised pretty quickly that I wasn't happy there. Mm. Um, and I was a little bit sick of the sort of the general, the acting game, the auditioning game and by that point, I'd formed a company with some people who I'd met at clown school called The Plague of Idiots. And we'd done a few festivals around the world. Great we, name. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, we, we played Adelaide and Perth, and mm-hmm. then we came over to Edinburgh. And so I realized that if I was more interested in creating work than, than being a jobbing actor, then I can do it anywhere. Mm. So I started to think outside of London, and Berlin was one of the first places that came up. I did didn't did you know anyone here when you first arrived? No. I think I met you in the early days, actually. Yeah, I think you met me pretty early. Yeah. At B-Cycle, yeah. <clears throat> That's so cool. Yeah. And how do you feel that Berlin's nurtured your creativity? I think it's the best thing I ever did. Hmm. And I think that... I mean, the reason I'm, I'm going is, is, is because I, I, I need to now, once again, turn what I do into money. 
Um, right. And Berlin for me was a creative sabbatical. I came here and for a year and a half I performed and created more than I've ever done in my life. And I think it's a lot to do with the fact that I didn't have to work as much. Yeah. I also got really lucky in that I fell into a job which which I never would have thought of doing. Yeah, um, that's the B cycle, yeah, isn't it? Spinning instructor. Yeah. I got plucked out of obscurity for that because I needed <laughs> English language people who were quite fit. Wow. Um, and so that means I could work like you know, five or six hours a week almost mm. and have my own apartment and just create. So I started doing improvised improv and um, created two theatre shows. One was called Waltzing Matilda, which was a, a that was kind of a the. The, the testing the water for Hamlet, really. Right. We took a text, we took a, a, an old text, a poem, and we, it was myself and one of the Plague of Idiots, uh, Laurent, um, and we tried to make that into a, a stage play. Right. And then we took that to Edinburgh last year, and it was, it was good. Oh, it had, great. It had, I mean, it sort of, it got some mixed reviews. Some people loved it, some people didn't love it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, but we, we just spread ourselves too thin. We were doing three shows in Edinburgh, so we okay. didn't have the time to put into it. But we may revisit that again. Mm-hmm. But that was what really got me hungry about doing Hamlet. Um, so I made both those shows while I was here. I um, and 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 now I'm de- I've developed my solo um, my solo clown show as well, oh, which I've never touched on. I'd only ever performed as part of Plague of Idiots. But here, there was all these opportunities to just get up at open mics and and play. Ah, oh, right. So that's what that was your playing field. Yeah. And that's, that's actually, open mics. I, to be honest, that's the one thing that's taken me back to London because now I've got a really clear idea of, of my, my clown. Yeah. Philip would say, uh, our teacher would say, yeah, your clown is close to you. He's like, yeah. <laughs> and I feel he's close to me now. I'm like, okay, I, I get a real sense of him. Yeah. And I've developed about probably 15, 20 minutes of material already, which, uh, I'm now going to take, go back to London and, um, and, uh, and start to try and make, you know, not necessarily make money out of that, but perform it a lot more. Mm-hmm. And I can actually work in London and make money too, so I can do TV commercials and stuff. Right, yeah. Um, and then hopefully, uh, you know, get a bit more TV work. Yeah. Um, and then eventually take the show on the road. But you, you, you said that you'll come back in November. So you, it's kind of great in Europe that we can just sort of, pop over from one country to the next, isn't it? I went back back and did an audio book a few weeks ago. To London? A few months ago, yeah. Yeah, cool. And my flights were 14 euros return. That's including taxes. Cost me more to get from Stansted into London. It's crazy, isn't it? And then I was there in the... uh, I was chatting to one of the other guys who was doing the audio book and he'd come down from Edinburgh. Yeah, how much did that cost him? It cost him about 150 pounds. Yeah, I've heard that. It's crazy. (laughs) Wow. That was really funny. Cool. And um, what's your favourite spot in Berlin? My favourite spot in Berlin? At the moment, it's got to be oh, um, Grunewaldsee. Mm. I didn't realise. Because you know, I've, got, I've got an eight-month-old dog. Yeah. He's here with us, by the way, Haggis. If you hear Very groaning well. sounds, that's <laughs> no one breaking wind. That's him <laughs> settling. He just did another thing. He went... Oh. I thought that was my tummy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, his name's Haggis. And, uh, and is that because of your Scottish roots? Yeah, but it's also because I have a Scottish friend and I asked her if she had a dog what she'd call it. And she said Angus, but I misheard her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Angus is going to love that story. Yeah. <laughs> um, and still when I call him, people say, is your dog called Angus? I'm like, no, he's called Haggis. Oh, that's so funny. Um, but yeah, so someone said, said to me, I, I went out to Grunewald and I walked him in the woods and whatnot. Mm. And then... Um, I said, oh, yeah, I took my dog to the Grunewald. It was really amazing. And they said, oh, did you go to Grunewald Sea? And I was like, oh, what's that? And they said, oh, it's the, it's the dog lake. 
And oh, so, it, so dogs are allowed there? Not only that, it's, it's, it's like Wonderland. It's <laughs> unbelievable. Um, you, and you walk in, as you approach, you start to hear barking everywhere, then you get there. And it was a beautiful sunny day. It must have been like 27 degrees. Yeah. First day I Perfect. And dotted all around the lake are little beaches covered in dogs with wow. people throwing sticks and toys oh, into the water. The dogs amazing. swim out. They all play perfectly. And then people are swimming with them as well. People are naked. People oh, yeah, that's so German. naked with their dogs. And, <laughs> as you do. And it's the first time he'd really seen water. He'd never been in the water before. Oh, great. He just, within 30 minutes, he was swimming out, fetching things. Oh, so did he make friends with other yeah, doggies? Yeah, loads of friends. He's really... He's a very friendly dog. So you're going to miss that in London. I'm going to miss that a lot. There's no beautiful I mean, lakes in central London. I'm in South London, so at least I can get to Brighton easily. Mm-hmm. And I'm surrounded by parks in South London as well. Yeah, that's true. Brockwell and Crystal Palace. And, yeah, there's loads of parks there. How often do you make it back to Oz? I was back there two years ago when I did the Adelaide Fringe. And, mm-hmm. and it, where's the fam? Is the fam in Oz? Yeah, they're uh, in, in Adelaide. My brother's in, no, my brother's in Canberra mm-hmm. and my mum is in Beechworth. Which what is, is that? northeast Victoria. Oh, know, nice. Wodonga, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, but she moved there. Oh, she's been there a while now. But she was also in Canberra before that. That's where I went to, went to college in Canberra. Right. A bit of high school. So two years. And do you try and get back there as often as you can? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm, I'm going to get back again next year. It's actually worked out really well. One of my good friends is getting married at the end of March. And he's having his uh, his bucks his bucks party yeah. on the fifteenth of February, and I was like, oh no, that's terrible. I said, that's what bad timing. I can't I can't go out to Australia for a month just to justify going to the bucks and the wedding. And then I went, wait a minute, what are the dates of the Adelaide Fringe Festival? And it starts oh. on the day of the bucks, so I'll miss a couple of days. Yeah, I'll go go to his bucks party in Melbourne, then go to Adelaide, do the whole festival. Awesome. Finish the festival, go to the wedding. So home. will you perform then? Yeah. Oh, that's. Yeah. See, the universe aligns. It does. I couldn't believe it when I saw those days. That's, that's <laughs> really cool. So what do you think, if you had stayed in Oz, how long ago did you leave? Ten, like over 10 years yeah, ago. Yeah, 2005. Mm-hmm. And if you had stayed, well, how do you think your creative life would be in comparison to how it is now? Well, I mean, it's hard to say. My reason for leave, leaving was that I realised that very quickly I wanted to do theatre and London was the place for that because okay. I had a British passport. So, I mean, I, I, I finished drama school and pretty quick smart got a job on Love My Way. Ah, oh, yeah. great series. Yeah, it was. It was. Small speaking role. Um, and everyone was so excited for me. Hmm. And I was excited, but I was much more excited about the prospect of doing the Fringe play at the time. Hmm. And I realized that everyone was excited for the wrong thing. Hmm. And I went, if I stay here, I'm going to be living for them. Yeah. So I had to get away, and I, and I because I knew I'd be on home and away within no time. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, I'm not saying no, no, no. Right, I know what you mean, but the heart wants what the heart wants, and you're lucky that you knew that that's what you wanted yeah, to do. I do think I'm really lucky, and I moved to London, and for the first couple of years, I was just doing fringe play after fringe play. I was lucky enough to be staying on, you know, people's had spare rooms. I was eating, mm. living off potatoes. I was jumping the gates at the tube, you know, because <laughs> I didn't have any money. Yeah, but I'd be rehearsing during the day for you know, one play, performing another one in the evening, none of them for any money. Right. Um, 
And, and the good thing about the fringe is that you really stretch yourself because mm. you're not, they don't get the perfect person for the role. I was playing, yeah. you know, I was playing, my, my first role was this sort of well-to-do English professor <laughs> and they'd given the role to this Australian <laughs> who just got off the airplane <laughs> because I had, you know, there was something about me that worked. Whereas if I was doing professional TV and professional theatre work, they would have gone for a, yeah. a well-to-do middle-aged Englishman. Um, and so as a result, I was stretching myself in all these ways. It was so, so wonderful. And and that and then actually eventually what, what I became known for was not the Australian but the multi role. Yeah. So then I would be brought into various theatre theatre companies because I could play all the different characters. Like yeah. We did Romeo and Juliet, which we toured to Berlin actually, which is the first time I came here. Ah, when was that? That was in two thousand and thirteen, I think. Mm-hmm. And I was playing eight characters. Wow. Like the original split was like. Um, myself and another girl would play five and five, and then as we rehearse more and more, <laughs> not like, really bad. Dam- but Damien like, can you do can, it. Damien, you can do that one. You can do that one. Uh, and it was ridiculous. <laughs> I would literally walk off, put a wig on, come on with a funny walk and a funny voice, and that's amazing. And I, I really enjoyed it. That's really cool. So, what do you think Australia can learn from from Berlin or the the artistic scene in Berlin? There needs to. I mean, the, the, the biggest advantage is that it's cheap to live. Mm. They need to have some way for artists, and not even artists who've proven that they are worth it, just anyone who says, I want to be an artist, to, uh, to experiment. Yeah, they put a lot of money into other things, don't they? Yeah. And not enough into the arts, in my opinion. And it needs to be for people who... I mean, the people who are here... The reason I have really found... This this weird clown stuff that I've found here is because I'm surrounded by people who are also experimenting mm. um, in a way that is probably never going to make them money. Mm. But you, you've got to do that, and you've yeah. got to have room to do that. And if you have to apply for funding in order to to try something out, the wrong people in my mind are always going to get the funding because yeah. the people I know who who are really good at at not caring about I mean, sorry, the people who I know who are really good at writing funding applications are not necessarily the people who should be getting the funding in my yeah, mind. Yeah. the people who should, who should be getting the funding are the people who really are kind of like I don't really know like, I'm not sure what I'm going to do but it's something about this it's yeah. definitely you know I saw a tree and it was doing this and it made me think of this and so I want to try and make a theatre piece about it and of course no funding money is going to give until yeah. you prove yourself but yeah. Berlin's great because you don't need funding you can actually just be here you can live off of very little. Like, I, I'm constantly running out of money. Yeah. And it doesn't scare me. Exactly. But in London, I was terrified if I ran out of money. Yeah. Because here, you can, I can survive. You, yeah, you can survive and you find kindred spirits who who are in the same sort of mentality as you and you can create together and, mm. and uh, have fun. That's the other thing. I mean, when it comes to projects that you want to work on, mm. like I'm organising this... This festival at the moment, this um, it's an Ed Fringe preview festival. Oh, Two great. weeks of comedians coming here to Berlin, starting this Thursday. That's right. You told yeah. me about that. Great. And uh, we've got amazing, like incredible people coming. Was Mark Watson who's coming from the mm-hmm. UK? He's on everything. Um, we've got uh, Zach and Vigo who won the Brighton Fringe Comedy Award. Yeah. Sophie Hagen who was best newcomer in Edinburgh a couple of years ago. Um, We've got uh, Josh Glank, who just won the Fringe World Comedy Award. Wow. So there's all, there's all amazing and people And are these coming. all buddies of yours? Or I know most just, of them from the yeah. circuit, yeah. So most, I mean, it started out with me bringing my friends here. Mm. And then it sort of started to reach out a little bit more. And yeah. People started getting in touch with us. So I, there are nice. other people I know or I know people they know. Yeah. Because they're all staying with me. Um, in your flat? 
Pretty much myself. And haggis. Yeah, me, haggis, and comedians for the next two weeks. Um, but the moment I said, oh, I'm going to do this, people come out of the woodwork to help you. Yeah. And in London, they do as well, and the same in Australia, but then they realize that they can't afford to. You mean monetary? Can't afford to help out too much. Well, time, money, time, everything. Yeah. People are like, oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I'd really love to help. Um, oh, yeah, if I've got some time. And then intentions are there. The intentions are there. Don't you they find can't. on the flip side of that that people in Berlin can be flaky? They can, but if you chase them up, they help. Right. Yeah. That's a trick. I generally, because most people are just not doing much. Yeah. <laughs> this is my feeling. Yeah, yeah. You so find you a lot, a lot of coffee shops um, occupied in the yeah. middle of the day. You don't really see that yeah. in Sydney or something. And with um, the Hamlet that we did, I mean, we, re- we started a Kickstarter campaign. We raised enough money to put the show on. Yeah. And I had friends from the comedy world coming out to help with promotion, with um, you know catering for a fundraiser, for designing the logo, designing the posters. And all these people did this pretty much for nothing yeah since then we, we got a little bit of money so I was able to go back to them and go oh cool I can give you, you know, oh, 50 euros nice. or something yeah that's and they're cool. like oh wow thank you um, but they were happy to do it for nothing yeah and I think in London people the intentions are there mm. I think Australia is the same yeah particularly somewhere like Sydney it's so expensive and it's just yeah people are busy 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 I find mm. people tend to sort of forget to breathe deeply yeah, yeah. <laughs> in that's my opinion. What do you think Berlin can learn from Australia? What can Berlin from, from Australia? Interesting. God, I feel like I've been there for so long. A bit of banter, maybe. Mm. But it's interesting if we talk about Berlin as in Germans yeah. or if we talk about Berlin as in, you know, the expat The foreigners, bubble, yeah. 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 Because I very much live in the expat bubble. My German is not great. I've done my best to learn. Well, I haven't done my best. <laughs> I always have intentions <laughs> to do my best to learn. Um, but, uh, but, you know, I haven't learned that much. So it's hard for me to really get a sense of what Berlin is, actually. Right. What I know is a very isolated Berlin. It's a little bubble. Yeah. Um, so you're not leaving Berlin because you didn't find it fulfilling enough. You're, oh, you're, you're, you used it as a, a very solid stepping stone. And yeah, and I'm keeping my flat here. I'm going to sublet it for six, oh, six that's to eight smart. months. Great. Um, and I think I, I'll probably be back at some point. I mean, this is my lifestyle choice would be Berlin, but my career choice is London. Got it. I'm so, I've never left somewhere I'm so happy before. Yeah. Like, I'm really happy here. I, I love the people I've met through the through B-Cycle, the spinning job, but as well through... Um, through the comedy cafe where I'm, you find me most days at comedy cafe. If I'm not watching, I'll be doing improv. Or... Where is the comedy cafe? It's uh, in in um, in Neukölln on the corner of Rosegger and Weserstrasse, mm-hmm. and it's amazing. It's such a wonderful little hub. They do sketch comedy, they do stand up, they do improv, and and I've Noah who runs it. He's been really good in sort of allowing me to to send clown people his way, and yeah. so. A lot of my friends, even not just for the Ed Fringe previews, are coming over and doing their shows here um, as a way of trying it out because the audiences are quite good here. They're quite warm. And and who who sort of comes to see those sort of shows? Are they Germans as well or is it it's mainly the expats? The expats? Yeah. yeah. But there are Germans. Well, no, there are Germans. But I think it's generally a mixture of Americans and, and Australians and Brits. Um, but, yeah, there's the locals as well. And do, do you find that because there is such a mix that sometimes the humour doesn't cross the cultures? Yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it's definitely different, particularly when you're doing improvisation. 
because it's really hard not to use cultural references or yeah. or even words or pronunciations. Yeah. And then sometimes, you know, the Germans definitely won't get it, but even the Americans won't get it. If I say something in Australian, they'll be like, well, yeah, what the are you talking about? Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, there's definitely a... Although I did my I did my clown there on... Uh, the first time I've ever performed my clown there on, um, on Saturday night mm-hmm. as part of a variety show. And it made me aware once again that clown is the one form of comedy that crosses all borders. Yeah. Because yeah. everyone recognises an adult being a child. Yeah. You know, and, and it's and it's delightful to watch. It's so people it's so love hard. it. Once you've had, once you've seen really great clown, yeah. it's hard to go back to anything else. I mean, I really appreciate stand up and I really appreciate improv, um, but watching an adult who's really, it really has nailed what it is that makes them stupid. Um, <laughs> are you saying children are stupid? No, but adults who behave like children. <laughs> but they are. But they are. I mean, you think about the fact that one of the you know, the great planning exercises is to look at your audience. You know, you're out there, you do something, someone laughs, you look at that person that laughed and you do what you did again for them. Yeah. And kids do that constantly. Yeah, They're they so do. good at that. Yeah. An adult laughs, they'll look at them and they'll do the same thing again to make that adult laugh. And when you see an adult doing that, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's, it's so it's, wonderful. It's delightful and cringeworthy and, yeah. and vulnerable at the same time. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Thanks, Damien. It was really interesting to talk to you. And um, I'm really looking forward to seeing Hamlet in November. Yeah. And all the best for the, what's it called? The Edinburgh Berlin Fringe? It's called the Berlin Ed Fringe Previews. Berlin Ed Fringe Previews. Okay, we'll put the link down at the bottom so that people can check it out. But if anyone goes to comedycafeberlin.com, they can tickets there. Awesome. Thanks, Damien. Thanks, Haggis. (laughs) (laughs) See you soon.